0: Well good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time it may be wherever you are. My name is Craig Hagan and you're listening to Ramos podcast. Um it hasn't been weekly here <laughs> this year. I just got to apologize. It's been my fault. It's been more like Ramos monthly podcast um this year, and it's not Cliffy Pooh's fault. We've recorded some programs. That's yeah, not for lack of work. We've yeah. got stuff in the can. Yeah, I just have a thing. But you know, I, I do about four or five podcasts a week, just other people's um podcasts. But we wanted to hop on here, and like I said, I'm here with my to- you know, co-host T Mac Tony McKinnon, and um, it's it's Father's Day this weekend, yeah. and we want to do a special Father's Day podcast. But before we get to that. You just came back from Canada. Now, you always give us a food update. Is, is there any kind of Canadian food that I'm... Um,
1: you know, no, I've not been impressed so far with the food options in Canada. Oh, really? I don't know if that's Trudeau's fault or whose fault, but... All
0: right. Yeah. Well, so all our Canadian friends, you might need to let, let, yeah. let Tony Step know. Step it up a little bit. Yeah, t- tell us where we can find food. Now, I actually just got back from Mexico. Uh, in Mexico, um, Mexico City, Ramon, Mexico, we had a great graduation, had some great time there. And you know they, they have pretty good food in Mexico. Oh, I love yeah. the food. Uh, I like the uh, uh, tacos al pastor in Mexico City. Yeah, I, I actually even got that at the airport on, yeah. before. I I figured you know if any kind of tacos, we should get the pastor tacos. There you go, the pastor tacos. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, but and you know, had
1: uh, Nat for an interpreter. She she's awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah, she did an awesome. Yeah, job. she.
1: I had her several years ago. She's she's by far the best.
0: Yeah, and uh, she was living in the U.S. and just moved back. Right, and just moved back, and, and they're they're
1: gonna, got a, got a baby.
0: Yeah, they're gonna start yeah. a church, and yeah. and. And her husband looks like um, um. What's what's his name? a uh, place for Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, the with this, he, he, did he have long hair? Whenever you he, he saw him, yeah, yeah, he's got long yeah, hair. What, yeah. What is it? Um, I can't think of his name. But anyway, he has. I know who you're talking about. I can't yeah. think. name. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. But yeah. you know the interesting part in Mexico, um, you know they, you know if you go to if a restaurant, um, you know. If you want Mexican food, you just go to a restaurant. It's called food. Yeah, you don't have to look for a Mexican restaurant. Yeah, you look you know, for an American restaurant if yeah. you want Oh, no. There's a lot of things. That actually, they just opened a cheesecake factory in Mexico City. I mean, pretty much any, any, any kind of restaurant you want to go to. I mean, there was a small mall um, um, next to our hotel, and they had a McDonald's, a Burger King, a Subway, uh, a Chili's. And a wing stop of all things. Yeah. Of course, obviously there was a Starbucks uh, as well. And then they—it's interesting—they had like two food courts. They have the Americanized food court. Then they had another food court that was, was more um, like just local cuisine. Yeah, but but
1: if for. you're if you're an American and you go to Mexico and eat that food, you should just stay home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> it is. It the was, best food is out in the villages now. Those ladies out in those little villages—they can cook. Yeah, everything's hot, even the
0: guacamole. Yeah. Well we were somewhere in the saddle. Oh, yeah, we we didn't make it spicy for you, so yeah. I mean, you know. Um yeah. cool thing happened though there in Mexico City. Um, you know, um obviously we had great graduation, about two hundred graduates, and then um we had service there in Mexico City at Rama um Mexico City, Rain Bible Church, and then we went to Rain Bible Church Toluca that night. But and, um so we actually because there's number there's a few pastors that were here, they they rented a van and a driver. It was it was one of those mercedes sprinter van type mm-hmm. things and so i asked him um, tim rogers there I, I said i said this guy go to your church he goes no it's a friend of someone who goes to our church well sunday morning because we did a sunday morning 11 o'clock and we, we had like well, i don't know but seats like 200 or so something like that um 40 people came down to get saved um oh praise and, the lord now what i normally do and what i did here is is um you know because i don't speak very much spanish um spanish although i'm using duolingo which is on an app here I, i've learned 250 spanish words now um you know so i can say apple manzana anyway but um, okay. there's i can say quite a bit but you know i'm not very, i don't i don't speak very good spanish but not but conversational yeah you know, not co- i haven't got to that point yet yeah. but anyway so um um anyway so we were there and we had 11 o'clock service. It was all like one o'clock by five. We had a healing service, had about, well, 150 people came down to get healed. Some instant miracles. That was great. So we're, we're like, let's hurry and get, get in the van so we can go get some food, get back. We have a five o'clock service um, in Toluca. And, you know, it's about an hour drive with traffic to Toluca. So, so we're looking for our driver. Can't find our Eduardo. can't find Eduardo anywhere. Then someone says, Eduardo came down and got saved um Sunday morning so we had to wait for him to get out of the altar Um, but that's pretty awesome (laughs) that that our driver got saved it's also awesome that they went to the um hospitals we had special healing service that morning and night they even went to the hospitals and said hey you come get healed um you know and so so we had a great time and then Sunday night we had like 25 people um came down um to get saved as well as hundreds of people came down for um for healing and also another instant miracles as well some lady been dealing with some some she injured her leg or something like that and got instantly healed that day so so pretty awesome pretty so Lord. mexican food is a lot better than canadian absolutely. food. absolutely we um, we did uh, you
1: know i thought it was ironic but we were in banff and ate a little they've got they've closed off part of the streets in banff now and it's only pedestrian traffic and then the um public transit so it's more friendly to walk and shop and eat yeah. and have these outdoor seatings and so we wound up. I thought this is ironic. We're in Canada at a meeting at a Greek place. Yeah, that's right. But funny. it was a, might be the best gyro I've ever eaten. Really? Was, yeah, it was good. In that Canada. Was good. In Canada.
0: Yeah. yeah. So you know, it is interesting. One of my favorite stories, and I wasn't there on this trip, but but well, um, but our youth actually went down to to Raymond, Mexico, to to have a youth trip, and so one of our leaders. We're there and, and, you know, Tim Rogers over um, Raymond, Mexico was asking our leaders, says, um, you know, trying to figure out where where we're going to go take the, the kids to go eat. And so Tim suggested, he goes, well, you know, there's a real good Chinese restaurant around the corner or whatever. <laughs> and so the leader goes if I want Chinese food made by a by Mexican, I would just get Chinese food in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, that's, so, that's true. Because <laughs> in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, we have a, 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 a lot of... Hispanic people. Hispanic
1: population.
0: Yeah. yeah, so I was actually thinking about this because I do know a little bit of Portuguese um as well, but I'm like, you know, the great thing about Spanish, there's a McDonald's by my house and I can order just in Spanish and no, no problem. I mean, there's a lot of restaurants in, in Tulsa that you can order in Spanish and they would like, And we're not talking about Mexican restaurants. We're talking about restaurants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In fact, I was um, a number number of years ago, I was in Dallas, actually, Grapevine, Texas, right there by the DFW. There's that Grapevine Mills Mall. And um, now this is pre-COVID, you know, so, you know, now, you know, everyone's like, help wanted, help wanted, but they needed help. And so there are signs there, and the signs were both in English and Spanish, you know, for help wanted. And um, when when you read it, it it says, um, English a plus. English a plus. It didn't say it was a no, must. No, not now, a It wasn't. But now we're not talking. When it, you know, it's one of these, you know, like a mall type thing where people have to oh, actually order. I've so, been there. Yeah. So I'm, I'm like, man, you know, how am I supposed to order in in, in if I don't speak Spanish? But anyway, that's another thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I was actually kind of joking, but it, but I'm kind of true. So we we have a new sponsor um, oh. for our program. Okay, but. It's actually my own, my own thing it's, it's Oklahoma rough Refuge. It's my dog oh okay my, my wife has, has um, um, you know, he, she rescues dogs, so um, yeah. you know if anyone wants to give me a father's Day present, a birthday present, you know, any kind of present, go to o okruff.com and um, click on the donate button. Donate ten dollars a month, man, we need some monthly donors Ruff, r u f f r u f f Ruff. dot com okay, or you can find us on Facebook. I think you're on Instagram, Oklahoma Rough Refuge. We just adopted a, a, um, a I don't know, it's, it's a it's it's a rough dog to put it this way. <laughs> it needs some help, and anyway, but but you know, praise God, we've had some donors that have come and helped us out. You know, it's the thing about adopting a dog or or finding dogs, you know, you don't never know them. they if they they look like they're perfect. They need heartworm treatment, all kinds of stuff. So it's not too cheap. Okay, rough dot com. You can check that out. It's not really a sponsor, but you know, you can always you always help us out. And you say, well, I, but I I live in. North Carolina. Well, it's okay. You can still donate ten dollars yeah. to help us out. Anyway, so today's a special Father's Day program. You know, um, it is interesting because I do believe um, in America, probably the world. I mean, you know, there's been a decline of fathers. You know, taking their first of all, their spiritual responsibility as a father. You know, they might actually be in the home, but they're not the spiritual head of the home like they should be. Secondly, there are a lot of fathers that, that are absent in the home. You know, um, you know, I, I, I whether you. Are married to the mom or not um you know fathers need to take the responsibility to to be a dad you know fathers um are so important in in a home um, you know i I know my own self obviously, I had a really great father, probably the best father anyone could have um but you know everything that I am as a father now a grandfather um is because of my my dad i mean you know my dad always made. Lots of sacrifices for my sister and I. I mean, sometimes she, you know, he would take the red eye home to be able to to be there for our different events. He always coached um, my football team, baseball team, um, you know, different. He even coached a soccer team. He knows nothing about soccer, um, but but he coached my soccer team. He pretty what what he did was he he found out that someone here. Um, was actually, they played on, on their, their um, high school championship soccer team, said, you're now the assistant coach. <laughs> you know? and so I, He just motivated, but you know, the, the thing about it, because of what he did, I did the same thing. I, I coach all, all my kids, you know, th- all their sports and um, basketball, baseball, football. It didn't matter what kind of ball. It didn't matter how good I was at that sport. You know, I was always there to be a coach. Um, and I, I think that's important. You know, it's really important to spend time with our with our children and um it's also really important for our children to to honor our, their fathers as well especially Absolutely. on a day like father's day you know sometimes there is maybe for however reason you guys grown apart or whatever but you know what you know always make sure you tell your dad um, um you know thank you because you know what you wouldn't be in this world if it wasn't for your father your father mm-hmm. at least had half of something to do with it yeah. Um, to be in this world, well, and you know, you, you're talking about the
1: fatherlessness, and I know you got more you want to say about that. Yeah, but you know, just the from the side, you know, where you started talking a second ago, the whole issue of responsibility. Yeah, uh, I, I believe God looks at the father uh, and holds actually holds him accountable uh, for the family. It's interesting when you think about that when uh, in, in the garden. Who did God come asking for? <laughs> for Adam, yeah. Eve's yeah. the yeah. one ate, ate started the- this business, but mm-hmm. but he's looking why because as the head of the covenant, he's responsible, mm-hmm. and so that 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 goes right on down and and really I know some things you're, you you we were talking off air that you're going to talk about there. Um, the father is the most dominant figure in the home. Mm -hmm. Uh, That doesn't mean he should be domineering, but even his absence dominates the culture of the family. Uh, And it's, um, yeah, it it can't be um, overlooked how important that is.
0: You know, and and something else that we have, you know, unfortunately in in America today is, is, you know, obviously there's a lot of broken homes and things like that. And so sometimes maybe the stepfather needs to step in and and be the the father, um, you know, because maybe their father is, is absent you know, as, as well, and so it's um, it is um. Well, it's know. interesting. God
1: reveals Himself at, to us as Father, yeah, and also Father to the fatherless.
0: Yeah, and it's, you know, and that's one thing. I, I I'm, it's, it is interesting because, as you hear some some people, you know, given their. "Quote unquote testimony, or or, or their background, or, or whatever. Someone like like a Tim Scott, you know, who, mm-hmm. who's talking so of, you know talk about how, you know, how I came from poverty. But a lot of times, if they didn't have a father in the home, you know, it was a coach, it was a teacher, yeah, a man, it, it some, was some kind some kind of male yeah. figure. And mm-hmm. you know, that's why you know I don't hear much about it. But you you, I like programs like Big Brother and things like that. Mm-hmm. I, you know, and that, that's something that that." that we as even younger men maybe don't have your own child maybe you want to um, volunteer in a situation to be a mentor you know to some of these kids growing up because you know there's a lot of kids that that don't have a male figure in the home and i believe if they actually had a male figure that they could look up to it might help them um in some of these you know situations well uh, i'm
1: thankful for my father i'm thankful for my grandfather on the mckinnon side my father-in-law and I'm thinking of at least one or two uncles, and I wouldn't be where I am today without the things they deposited into my life and and It's interesting how the relationships change and grow over the years, you know uh, yeah. uh, at this stage in life uh my daddy's probably my dear'est friend, you know yeah. and, uh, there were times growing
0: up that was not the case <laughs> <laughs> well, you know it's interesting you know at some point in time maybe you're like. You know, you, like I said, you, when, when, as you get older, yeah, you're thinking, yeah. you'll. well, maybe they were giving me good advice. Yeah, you know exactly. I'm you just
1: know? thankful I had girls
0: because if I'd have had boys and they act like me and my brothers, I'd have killed them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, I'm fortunate. I have I have three of my own children, um, th- th- three boys. Um, didn't ever have any girls. But um, then, um, you know, now I'm a stepfather to to four more. So we have yeah. seven kids all together. Six boys, one girl um you know and and it's it is interesting because i my stepdaughter the other day was you know talking about father's day and says you know even though she does have her dad her dad is still in her life mm-hmm. but but she said you know primarily um you know you were the one who raised me and yeah. stuff you know so she was just honoring me as her as her father she just you know That's said some cool. some really cool things and and her father's still in her life so it's mm-hmm. not like she doesn't have a, right. a dad whatsoever um he he hasn't lived in her home and He's not lived in the same state for many years, so so you know. But he's like you know she was she was just being sentimental the other day and just mm-hmm. thanking me for that. And you know, and that's one thing I said sometimes that you you know you became a stepfather, but you know you need to you know you need to be there for the kids. Um, you know, especially if, if especially if their real father is is not available or not you know like i said he wasn't trying to be a deadbeat he he just didn't live in the same state Mm -hmm. so it's pretty hard pretty hard to distance you know when you have distance and that happens sometimes too um you know there's you know you might be close to it but you know even talking to um a number of people and the reason that they have trouble um with the love of god is because they didn't have a natural father in the home so they didn't see that male love and or they didn't or maybe mm-hmm. you know unfortunately sometimes you know people might not have a, a, a as loving father um I, I know there's an individual that told me said you know you know they're they're saying that they didn't um they had a father but they didn't they they lived with their, their mom once again was kind of situation their father was in another state they would see their father mainly in the summertime um their stepfather pretty much raised mm-hmm. him and you know and he did the best he could um and you know he's but he was a marine drill sergeant so um you know and this happens to be a female and so it's like you know my i said i felt sorry for my brother So <laughs> it was bad enough on on us and so um he said the thing about it is is my dad i mean he did i mean you know she calls him his dad even though it was your stepdad but said said you know he, he did a great job and, and he, he and he was loving in his own way a little rough on us um But, you know, everything was – it was always, well, you do this. There was always strings attached to everything. Mm -hmm. And so they were saying, you know, well, Craig, I've always thought that there are strings attached. So if I'm not the best Christian in the world, that now my father – is not going to want to bless me or my father is not going to want to take care of me or my, you know, my, my spiritual father. And so to speak, and because, because that's how, how it was in the home. If you don't obey my rules then I'm not going to, yeah. I'm not going to give you money or I'm not going to help you or not going to. And the thing about it is our, our heavenly father, no matter, no matter how good of children we've been to him. I mean, you know, there's nothing, The Bible says, there's nothing that can separate us from the love of God. Yeah. We and, don't have to earn it. Yeah. It's not earned. And I think, you know, and I know other people have the standpoint, Well. They try to put theirself in, in God's position to say, well, if I was God, I wouldn't want to bless me because I haven't been the best Christian in the world. Mm-hmm. I haven't, I haven't always, you know, you know, been the, you know, whatever. But it doesn't matter where you are, you know, God loves you no matter whether you've been the best spiritual child in the world. Like I said, you know, God loved Adam and Eve, even though Eve did, well, I guess they both did. I mean, Eve's the one that started it. But mm-hmm. even though they did what God told them not to do, but it didn't make God not love them anymore. Yeah, that's right. And so, um, I don't know. So you want me to read some of the, Some yeah. of these stats were, were I'm, I'm, Pretty not gonna, staggering. I'm not going to read them all, um, you know, but I'm going to read a few of them. And it's interesting talking about a fatherless home. And this is from the Texas Department of Corrections. It says 85% of youth who are currently in prison grew up in a fatherless home. So, I mean, you know, and th- this is from the U.S. Department of Justice. It says seven out of every 10 youth that are housed in a state-operated correctional facility, including detention and, and residential treatments, come from a fatherless home. So 70%, you know, um, it, it's, you know, I mean, there are a lot of, of times that, People don't have a father. Father, it says thirty percent of students in the United States, from first grade to the senior year of high school, do not have a father at home. And children without a father are four times more likely to be living in poverty than children with a father.
1: Four times.
0: Four times more likely to live in poverty, and and I think that's one of the reasons why some of the things that they they turn to, um, you know, um, it it says um, it is interesting. Th- this was a stat that I, I don't I don't even understand it, but I think you. You said it says girls who live in a fatherless home have a 100% higher risk of suffering from obesity than girls that have their fathers present. It says teen girls from fatherless homes are also four times more likely to become mothers before the age of 20. And so that's an interesting. Stat. It, it
1: is. I've never heard that stat. And, and the first thing that popped in my mind is we were talking about that a while ago off air was. I wonder if it has to do with the poor self-image. They've not had the affirmation of a father, you know?
0: And, and, you know, and and I know no one likes to talk about, you know, because it happens to be Pride Month, talk about homosexuality. But but I believe that that's one of the reasons people don't – there are a lot of kids, and I don't don't have a stat here on, on that, but I think there's a lot of kids, they don't see a father in the home and so they don't, no. under, they don't understand the love between a father and a mother. Well, and that whole thing, since you brought it up, uh, of homosexuality and
1: gender confusion, um, I think somewhere at the core of that, fatherlessness is an issue because they've never had a father uh, put his hands on them or look them in the eye and tell them who they are. Yeah. And so they're, try- they're trying to figure it out. You know,
0: well, and I think also, too, I mean, uh, the stats not here as well, but a lot of sexual predators prey on um, girls and boys, um, you know, especially puberty age, you know, 11, 12, 13, you know, even, you know, you know, going that don't have a father, you know, because they look at this male. As, as, you know usually uh child sex mm-hmm. you know, thing is, is is a male and they see a male figure who gives them attention mm-hmm. and they're craving that attention f- right. from a male Looking figure that
1: affirmation that
0: yeah yeah, yeah. And, and um you know obviously this goes down to poverty it Says in 2011 44 percent of children um, um in homes headed by a single mother were living in poverty and just 12 percent of children in married couples were living in poverty mm-hmm. so um it, it says that children who live in a single parent home are more than two times more likely to commit suicide um, than their children in a two parent home. So it's it's um and this is a staggering and and I believe it. It says 72 percent of Americans believe that a fatherless home is the most significant um, social problem and family problem that's facing the country. Um, so mm. you know and according to this, only 68 percent of children will spend their entire childhood with an intact family because I mean you know blended families are are a normal thing now this is a real interesting it says 75 percent of rapists are motivated by displaced anger that is associated with the feelings of abandonment mm. that involves their father mm. you know so i mean you know uh, they're not trying to put a guilt trip for, for you to be a, a, a real dad um but um here it says living in a fatherless home is a contributing factor to substance abuse with children from such homeless are accounting for 75 percent of adolescent patients being treated um in, in, in substance abuse centers and so um, it says 85% of all children which um, will which exhibit some type of behavioral disorder come from a father's home. Um, and um, 90% of the runaways come from a fatherless home. Wow. It says this. And that 63% of youth suicides involve a child who was living in a father's home when they made their final decision. Mm. And so, you know, I think it's really important. I need to find this one other stat that – I would like to read. And there's, there's a bunch of stats. You can go through you know, all kinds of things on the Internet. But this is interesting, it's a staggering stat. Children who live in a fatherless home are 279% more likely to deal drugs or carry firearms for offensive purposes. You know, carrying a firearm is one thing, but for an offensive yeah, purpose yeah. Um, compared to children who live with their fathers. Um, 92% of the parents of parents who are currently in prison um, in the United States, are fathers, and so, um, and that's the thing. Doing youth ministry for a number of years, I mean, the, most of the time, whenever I ended up talking to, um, um, or you know, having to do spiritual guidance, went to call it counseling because because I'm not a, I'm not a licensed professional counselor. Mm-hmm. I you know I provide spiritual guidance, and, and you know, but the majority of my spiritual guidance sessions were all with um, single moms, um, and you know, their children, especially single moms who had a, a young man mm-hmm. um, in the home that. And they were just having trouble dealing with, and um, you know, it, it, it's it's just sad. You know, it also is interesting that one of the single moms came to me, and she was like, you know, Craig, my my son, you know, um, you know, I mean, she he was a teenager, and and he, I mean, you know, we were really close growing up because it's just me and him, you know, in, in the home. His father, is, we don't even know where his father is. Probably in prison somewhere in North Carolina or something like that. And you know, but it's just. You know, for whatever reason, I mean, you know, he he never wants to be at home anymore. I mean, he never, eats, you know, he eats dinner with me hardly much anymore. He's always out with his friends. I said, well, um, okay, um, what kind of trouble is he in? Well, he's not in trouble. I said, his grade's bad? No, he's making good grades. So you think he has a drug problem or an alcohol problem? No, I mean, he seems to be a good boy. I said, he's probably, just, he's just a normal teenager and wants to mm-hmm. spend time with his friends, you yeah. know, and so some, you know. I mean, I'm like, do you realize that most most um, um, Christians would love to be in your situation, where (laughs) where especially especially a single mom's? I said, I just talked to a single mom the other day, and and her kid's doing everything, Mm. you know. So, you know, and that's the thing about it is, um, um, you know, it it, it's just amazing that, and like I said, that's that's one of the reasons I, I do admire. Uh, you know, some young men that, that decide to step up and be a coach or be yeah. a be a mentor during that thing. But but you know, I think us fathers, um, we need to take our our, our spiritual place in home. But we also need to be a father, whether or not, even if we don't live with the the, the kids or with the mom, it's still you know you need to make sure that you're there and, and that they know you're there. They know you love them. They know you care about them. They know you you. That you you sacrifice your time, I mm-hmm. guess that's something else. So, you know, to to see my my father as um, as a grandfather, I mean, he had four five grandsons, and you know, I don't know how many times that that he would go to five. Football games, five. Yeah, I've heard talk about it. I mean, yeah. you know, you know, maybe sometimes it wasn't always five, but but he would go, um, you know, to game after game after game because it was just important for him to be there for his grandkids, as it was um, for his kids. In fact, I actually kind of felt bad, you know. Um, now uh, all of the kids are are in college, or or or, or out of college, or, or whatever. So none of them are playing any sports, you know. So mm-hmm. he's kind of bored on a, on a, on Saturday sometimes. It seems because he don't have a a game to go to. So you know, but um, I got some more grand. I got some more grandkids coming up. So yeah. Yeah. um, you know that's um. So it would be his great grandkids, you know, so that's um. But you know that's. I, I think there's nothing more special, you know, to for, for a, a a a young man to to have their their children. Um, you know, or, or even, you know, it's pretty awesome to have grandchildren as well. I mean, just to to be there. Um, and, um, you know, I just think that we need to do a better job as a father, um, you know. And, you know, and it, it, we shouldn't have, have to go to a Father's Day sermon to be reminded to be a good dad. That's true. I mean, but a lot of times it is interesting that, you know, whenever there's times in life, Mother's Day, Father's Day, or even, even, Easter Christmas you know sometimes that we are Thanksgiving we have to be reminded um because a special event t- t- to actually do our part and um it shouldn't be that way um you know I, I know um I actually thought about my own life and um you know and you know I I was I was a pretty good kid in fact one time it was it's this is kind of interesting this um this um so um my um So so my my wife actually ran into this girl, um, you know, mutual and she was she was our our kids age or whatever. It turns out that um um, we she my my wife come asked me one time says, hey do you know so and so? I'm like oh yeah because his last name is H, um, his last name is Haug, my last name is Hagen. So alphabetical order we were usually right next to each other. Mm -hmm. I went to school with him for a long time. Um, he, he goes, yeah. She was saying, she goes, yeah. My my dad went to school w- with Craig, and I said, and I. So, so she goes, well, what what did he say? What did what, your dad say about it? He goes, he was the best kid I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, you know, like any parent would would love to have a kid like Craig. So, but you know, I was a, a fairly, you know, I'm not saying that I never did anything, but uh, my, my my childhood wasn't like your childhood, Tony. Um, <laughs> I was a good boy up until about <laughs> uh, the ninth grade, yeah. then all bets were off. So anyway, but you know, I was trying to think about, you know, um what what motivated me to actually not do things or, or or whatever. And it was really it wasn't because I thought that God would be mad at me. It was because I didn't want my dad to be yeah, disappointed. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean literally cuz I thought about it many times. Did, did I not do certain things because I because I was afraid of God? You know, I think I, I I already knew that God loves me regardless, and I knew my dad would love me regardless i didn 't want to disappoint him i didn't want to you know make him look bad or or anything else and so so I attribute to to even you know, and I'm not saying I was a perfect angel. Okay. I am I just want to go on record, you know, on this podcast to say I wasn't an angel. There's probably some things my parents didn't know, you know, that I might have done, but I didn't rob any stores or do any <laughs> anything. And, and anything that I did in, in 2023 talk was, it was so minor that, that, you know, people would. Well, that's the truth. You know, I mean, that, that's the thing. I mean, you know, and I think that a lot of times that we see some of these kids doing crazy things, and a lot of them probably, I said, they came from. There's no father in the home, but, I mean, you know, just society. I mean, as a young kid, the, the things that were, you know, just by watching the news that we see today, you know, is it, just crazy. I mean, I, I I remember, obviously, we're the same age, and I remember the the biggest thing when I was a kid when it came to being satanic um, was backwards masking, you know. Back masking. Yeah so, yeah, so we played on a back, Ouija board. Yeah, but <laughs> – you know, nowadays, man, they just throw it in your face, and yeah. and we'll talk more about you know Satanism later on, on <laughs> another podcast, and I, I I don't want to spoil yeah. the beans there, yeah, yeah. but you know, anyway, I, I just think you know, on we as fathers, um, especially if you have kids in the home, now now I, I say we as fathers, because I'm I'm a grandfather now, I got seven grandkids, so so more than I'm a father, um, but you know, we need to to do a better job of um, of raising our kids, you know, and I'm sure maybe, you know, a lot of times I said, well, I'm doing all I can, you know, my, my parents sacrificed. And I, I want to say, um, you know, a lot of people look at where we are now and they're like, man, you probably had an easy childhood. Well, when I was a kid, um, we couldn't afford nothing. Uh, in fact, um, you know, my favorite, um, well, I, I still like bologna sandwiches. In fact, my dad eats a bologna sandwich all the time. And said, you know, well, there's better meat than bologna. Yeah, but we couldn't afford better meat than bologna. So, um, um, and then sometimes we couldn't afford the bologna, so we just ate. I ate mayonnaise sandwiches. I, mean, I actually told somebody one time that my my dad's favorite meal was beans and cornbread because that's what we we had. I mean, we didn't have a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And what we did, my um, you know, any money we had, my parents sacrificed what they did to to, to buy stuff for us. I mean, making sure that we. You know, could sometimes actually maybe get some new shoes. I remember one time, I grew up like like two sizes between the one shoe, pair of shoes and the mm-hmm. next pair because you know we just couldn't afford it. My, my dad talks about we went a solid year without even going out to eat, not even because we didn't even go to McDonald's. You know, so um and um it, it, you know it was it was a sacrifice as a kid. Now, you know, I understand to, today it's probably a trend to have holes in, in your jeans and things like that, you know, holes in the knees, instead. So, but I mean, it wasn't a trend back when I was. No, when, mama, mama would patch yeah. ours. Well, when I was <laughs> multiple kid, times. When I was a kid, I, I had holes in my knees, and mm-hmm. and then I remember as a young kid, I had I had all the you know choo-choo train patches and all kinds yeah. of patches, and and I remember finally um, and see, and I, I know people look at me like it, I used to actually I was very slim, and so there was it was real hard to find jeans for me, and so I remember when I was finally you know whatever able to get tough skins oh on, yeah uh, i remember uh, tough skin you know tough skins yeah. uh, so so they had like extra padding in the yep, knees to yep, keep us yep. from from getting that of course i guess also too we played outside all the time i mean on, you know, our, on
1: our knees on our lot. knees i mean you Not know praying just I playing
0: mean, you have to understand you know we we didn't have video games yeah. and we didn't have the internet we didn't have all all these stuff. some people like like how'd you make it in life yeah. i mean you know you know we only had a few television stations that we had to flip the channels we for. too. <laughs> Two. Well well we we actually had 3 and then you know we had we had ABC um NBC and CBS and NBC and PBS. Yeah. Oh I guess no we had 4 cuz we did we had PBS, I'll be PBS. we had a PBS yeah. channel channel 11 and then there was a UHF station actually that you know on the other dial um which actually turned out to you know fox 23 that uh-huh. was the uhf station we well, had here our first in, fox in that ever
1: came along yeah. was a U, was uhf yeah. i remember well
0: that. well it wasn't fox at that time it was an yeah. independent uhf right. station and people were like what's a us yeah. <laughs> you gotta google that you know folks i mean you know back in the in the day that was you know that was there was another dial yeah and i i don't i guess it's on a different frequency or something i don't yeah. know i don't it's know it's a how. different
1: band yeah and, uh,
0: and then i think we, we came up with another uhf and actually it turned so it's channel 41 um nowadays yeah. um on what's well, on your cable but it's um it's uh what does it call it c something i don't know but cw c, yeah, yeah cw network channel 41 yeah. that was a uhf independent station well one of my highlights we would
1: and they only lived just a few miles away was to go to uncle albert and Aunt irene's during the summer when it was time to pick beans in the garden and because they could pick up channel six out of tallahassee florida oh and i, yeah. and I could watch captain kangaroo
0: <laughs> captain kangaroo yeah <laughs> yeah you know, anyway, those, those were those were the, the good old days and things like that. But um, you know, like I said, we didn't have a lot growing up. But God, um, you know, but God provided, and um, you know, we made it. You know, and you know, God's blessed us. I mean, I you know, obviously you heard the story of my grandfather. My grandfather talked about whenever he got married, he had he had two nickels. And he bought two candy bars when they started out, their yeah. marriage broke. No way to go but up. <laughs> yes. So, no way to go but up. And, you know, I'm like, so I remember the first, I said, so You can buy a candy bar for a nickel? And I mean, you know, one of the most expensive, actually in, in, inflated things was bubble gum. I don't know if you remember, it used to be one cent. Then, it went, then it went to two cents. Then yeah. it went to three cents. And, you know, I mean, I mean like, it doubled overnight. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, I remember, obviously, it was. 100% markup. Of course, obviously, when it's only one cent, yeah. you've got to go to two and then the three. So, I got a story I want to share before our time runs out. Right. Okay,
1: And I think this is a true story, but I think it, it really drives home and illustrates the point that you were making with those statistics concerning fatherlessness. And so this is um, from several years ago in the Kruger National Park in Africa. They had a problem. And the problem was that the elephant population had grown so large and that the herd uh, needed to be reduced. And so they come up with a plan to disperse elephants from Kruger to some of the other African parks. And you can only imagine the issue with the size of the elephants, Uh, not an easy transport system. And so they came up with a specifically designed harness that they would then attach to a helicopter, uh, with the idea of airlifting the elephants to uh, the other preserves. But then they ran into another issue because the helicopters were not were not able to lift the adult bull elephants. They could move the adult females, they could move the juveniles, but the bulls' elephants uh, proved to be too heavy for the harness. And so they moved juveniles, they moved adult females, and left all of the bull elephants in Kruger. And it seemed like their plan worked out uh, until rangers at uh, Polonisburg National Park in South Africa, uh, which was the new home to some of the elephants, they began to have an issue. And uh, the white rhinos were suddenly turning up dead. And so at first the rangers thought that it might be the work of poachers and uh, because of the horns of the rare white rhino, but upon closer examination, none of the rhino horns were missing. And so uh, it came to their uh, uh, view that the wounds in the white rhinos were not uh, rifle shot but punctures. And so they set up some cameras to uh, figure out what was going on, and the culprit were bands of young hyperaggressive male elephants, who, after chasing the rhinos, would knock them down and then gore them to death with their tusks. And this particular kind of a behavior is, in the wild, is unheard of amongst elephants, who are generally docile creatures and rarely attack, uh, especially in packs and uh, but yet, these juvenile male elephants were banding together, terrorizing not just white rhinos but other animals also and so um they came up with a theory that, under normal circumstances, a dominant adult bull elephant keeps the young bulls in line and uh so um they f- came up with the idea to test their theory, and so they brought in a number of older bull elephants. And sure enough, within a very short period of time, the older bulls let the younger bulls know in no uncertain terms that that behavior was unacceptable. And within a week, the acting out behavior ceased, and instead of terrorizing the other animals in the park, the young bull elephants uh, were now following the older bull elephants, imitating their more appropriate elephant behavior. (laughs) <laughs> and so there's such a picture right there even in the animal kingdom of what fatherlessness looks like
0: yeah it's, it's, it's amazing and you know obviously you know these aren't human beings right, these, these are right. elephants yeah and so um unusual behavior happened whenever there wasn't right. a male figure
1: aggressive behavior uh some of the things that would fit in the human realm right into those statistics even in the animal world with the lack of a father
0: you know you see what happens yeah, it is interesting, and you know, obviously, fathers need to understand that that you know, kids not only um, imitate um, what we say, they also imitate what we do, yeah. and a lot of times too, we don't we don't realize sometimes, and even I going back to my mom and dad, and I, you know, I'm thinking about, I don't remember even as a young child ever hearing complain about money Well, we didn't have any money so no
1: you we were you know i look back even at photos and things and you have memories of things and i mean we were poor and didn't know it yeah because mom and daddy didn't let you take on that as an identity or you know think feel that way you know
0: yeah and and a lot of times too it comes down to even the seeing, even the mom say well your daddy's never there or you're this and Mm -hmm. that and And so then you, you you face a resentment Because this mom, you know, saying, well, your daddy said he's going to come pick you up and he didn't come pick you up and blah, blah, blah. But but also, too, when it comes to money, like I said, my parents, you know, and and now I've heard their discussions later on. They would wait till us kids went to bed to have their discussions about Mm -hmm. their finances and different things and. I remember one story where I woke up in the middle of the night and watched my dad was stealing money from my piggy bank. Um, <laughs> now, you know, granted, she's the one that put the money in the piggy bank, but I had a lot of change in there. And, um, you know, and so I woke up and I'm like, Dad, why are you taking money from He goes, I got to pay the paper boy. <laughs> you know, and it was like $5 a month or or, or $5, I don't know, it was, we, a quarter, however long. it was. I had five dollars in my piggy bank, (laughs) and so I mean they were so desperate to pay the paper boy, they had to dig into my piggy bank, um, get a bunch of quarters, you know. (laughs) But you know, actually, I'm thinking, and actually, I actually played this song, and I'm 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 not a singer, so I'm not going to play it right now. But there is a. um, a a song um, by Rodney Atkins um, called "Watching You." Have you ever heard this song? Mm, I country think song, so, yeah. Yeah, anyway, yeah, 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 I, I'm gonna read some words, and it's in- interesting. It says, um, "Driving through town, just my boy and me, with a happy meal in his booster seat, knowing that he could have the toy. Uh, he couldn't have the toy till his nuggets were gone. A green traffic light turned um, straight to red. I hit my brakes and mumbled under my breath. His fries went f- a flying, and his orange drink covered his lap." Well, then my four-year-old said a four-letter word. It started with S, and I was concerned. <laughs> so I said, son, where did you learn to talk like that? He says, I've been watching you, Dad. Ain't that cool? I'm your buckaroo. I want to be like you and eat all my food and grow up um, as tall as you are. We got cowboy boots and camo pants. Yeah, just we're just alike. Hey, ain't we, Dad? I want to do everything you do, so I've been watching you. So next verse says... We got back home and I went to the barn. I bowed my head and I prayed real hard. Said, "Lord, please help me, um, help me, help my stupid self." Um, then this side of, of, of bedtime later that night, turning on my son Scooby Doo um, nightlight. He crawled out of bed, he got down on his knees, he closed his little eyes, folded his hands, little hands, spoke to God like he was talking to a friend, and I said, son, now where'd you learn to pray like that? He says, um, I've been watching you, dad, ain't that cool, I'm your bucker, I want to be like you, and eat all my food, and he goes on, and, on and, you know, and he goes, with tears in my eyes, I wrapped him in a hug, and said, my little bear is growing up, and he says, but when I'm big, I still know what I want to do. Because I've been watching you, ain't that cool? That's a good. You know, idea. so the yeah. thing about yeah. it is, what we don't realize, and a lot of times we say things, and we do things, and mm-hmm. we act like things, and and you know, we we make comments about other people, <laughs> you know, yeah. you
1: know,
0: and you know, our kids are listening. Oh yeah, even at four years of of age. Oh, yeah. and, um, Very and you know, impressionable. Yeah, and and so and that also too, they're impressionable as they watch social media, television, mm-hmm. or whatever. I mean, obviously, four year olds are pro- aren't probably. You know, they're not on Facebook or whatever, but YouTube has been a you know, huge thing and what what videos are you letting them watch and and different things like that. But we need to understand as fathers, you know, and as mothers that, that our, our kids are watching us, you know, and a lot of times we might be saying the right things, you know, to them mm-hmm. but they're watching us saying other things to yeah. other people. And um, you know, I need think that's another reason why we need to Mainly watch our temper. Sometimes I, I get it. We we sometimes we get angry. Sometimes we get mad because things cost cost twice as much as they used to, and different things, you know. Um, but um, you know, we we need to be aware, and um, you know, so you know, on a Father's Day, there's two things I like to say. F- first of all, um, you know, as a father, we need to do our best to, to be a better father. As a, as a child, and you know, no matter how old you are, um, if you know if your father's still alive. Um, I I want you to, if you can, take them out to eat. You know, you it, it say, well, we can't do it on Father's Day. It doesn't matter. Take them out the next day. Take them out, you know, around there. You know, just tell them you love them. You know, it's a, you know, so maybe I can, you say you say oh, I can't afford a present. You know what? It's they just want to hear that, 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 that you love them and mm-hmm. you appreciate them. You know, and and maybe they haven't always been the best dad that they could be, or may, maybe your dad's not, you know, living the. Christian life that you'd like him to live, but you know he's still your dad, and we should still take some time to honor him. But something else too, as even as a single man or as a, as a young man who doesn't have uh, a, a child yet, you know we need to pray and ask the Lord to help us to be the best father we can be. Even if you, you know, what happens a lot of times it's history repeats itself. Um, so if you maybe lived in a father's home or maybe had a, a, a you know abusive father yeah, yeah. Or, or whatever, then sometimes a lot of times that you turn out to be. That way, you know, it was interesting. I, I know, uh, um, you know, there's children that that gripe about like I remember this one individual, they gripped about their dad always smoked and their clothes, you know, small smoke. But then later on in life, they did the same thing to their kids. Yeah. You know, but they griped about it when they were younger. But, you know, when they got older, I don't know, things happen or whatever. A lot of times, you know, you see, you know, alcoholic fathers have alcoholic sons. I mean, you know, and things like that. Especially, I think it's really impressionable. Um, you know, if if you happen to be a young man, um, you know, because you're looking, you know, a young man trying to figure out like their identity as well, how how to be a dad, and so maybe you don't, you know, you didn't have a a father that you could um, you know, you know, lean on, but you still have your heavenly father, and you know, just you know, maybe be the the dad that you wish that you had as a as a kid as well. So it's um, I think it's it's important, you know, and. You know, and, and I, I know it shouldn't be Father's Day where we have to reflect on these things. I mean, we should do it at you know, all times. We should understand, um, you know, it's a big responsibility when you have kids um, in, in your house. Um, you know, I, I know as a youth minister for a number of years, and I was thinking about it one time, not necessarily, you know, being an example. I remember I also drove the bus because I have, I have a CDL. So I'm thinking, you know, um, one time I was— Maybe being a little aggressive. I'm like, man, I got 56 kids. <laughs> Somebody else, you know, I got to be responsible for, mm-hmm. for for these kids and and things like that. And, you know, we we need to think about that when we have our own kids. That you know, we, um, you know, and as a dad, we 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 make mistakes. You know, and I do one thing. I will say as as a dad. I mean, there's been times that my father might have been a little overly aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> mad at me you know being the oldest child that that you know yeah. when, when you man when you have a you know it is interesting to, to see like when the, the first child you know they drop the pacifier on the floor and you know you make sh- you got to boil it in water before you give it back to the, to the kid you know the next kid it's okay you'll you put it a little you know a little water wash it off the third kid it's like just put it back in their mouth i mean <laughs> i mean it's maybe not that bad yeah. but but i mean you know just you know you're thinking but but, you know, you don't know how to discipline. And sometimes you let like your anger. And I remember one time and, you know, um, <laughs> I think I was in second grade and my dad got mad at me. We were playing basketball in our neighborhood and, and you know, I don't know, he wanted me to play or what. I mean, there was much of neighborhood people and, um, you know, playing. And some, my dad was playing with some of the older kids were playing with them. But, you know. I was little, and it was like second grade. and It just wasn't really. I mean, I'm never going to get the ball anyway. And I'm like, I don't want to play. My dad got mad and threw the basketball at me. I don't think she, he meant to hit me, but what happened was it hit my foot, and I fell and I tripped. I tripped. I was actually walking away, going back to my house. My dad threw the ball, and it hit me, and it hit me in the foot, and I tripped and skinned my knee or whatever. But you know, then, then later on, he apologized. You know, he said. Uh, you know, son, I'm, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done something like that. Now, I think that's what we need to, you know, it's okay to say we're sorry as a father. Yeah. Sometimes when we we do things that probably weren't as as good as we, we should. I mean, but I, you know, I one thing I always knew is that my dad loved me. Um, you know, I always knew my God loved me, and I always knew my father loved me, and I and I thank God for for my father. And you know, I, I know that I'm the person I am today because of my father. And um, you know, and I I know that not only has he been able to be a father to me, he's also been able to be a mentor to other students, especially you know some Rama students who come come to Rama not having a father or whatever. I mean, I've I've heard countless people say, "Well, I didn't really have a dad, or my dad wasn't in the home," and you know, you but you've been like a a father to me. Oh so, yeah, yeah. So you know, some uh, of them
1: call you're my Tulsa dad. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and I I think that's that's a cool thing you know for us as yeah. as um you know, being a mentor, you know, to, to kids um, that, you know, I have a few, a few people who I've been able to mentor over, over the, the years. And I, and I think as, as we get older, it's easier to be a mentor, but anyway, I just want to say a happy father's day to all the fathers um, that are listening um, on the podcast. And like I said, and you know, some of you, maybe your future fathers, maybe you you know, your, your wife is, is pregnant and you're fixing to have, have a kid. You know, just, um, you know, just praying to ask the Lord to help you to be the best father you can be. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, here at Raymond, we're bringing hope, hope help, help, and healing, healing, healing to the world. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful day, and we'll talk to you later. Because I've
1: been watching you.